0: For a number of weeks now, we've been in the sermon series that we've entitled The Unleashed Church. This is a really important sermon series for our church at this time in its long history. For we're about to enter into a new chapter as we come out of this pandemic, this once in a hundred year pandemic, as uh, we close kind of the, the chapter of a 20 year pastorate. Also, the church in general in America is going through a difficult time right now, experiencing a lot of stress, declining uh, membership, declining worship attendance, and you add all ta- on top of all that a time of tremendous change for our country and our world. And so, it's a challenging time, a stressful time, for the church in America, and I think for our church in particular. I read an article a couple weeks ago written by the Barna Group, which is a a research group that researches church and culture. And they surveyed pastors in America and found out that 38% of pastors in America today or in this last year seriously questioned whether they wanted to return to the ministry or stay in ministry. Not just ministry at the church where they were presently serving, but ministry in general. It's a difficult time, a time of stress. And I always believe that in a time of extreme stress, what's good to do is to go back to the basics to really figure out what it is you're trying to do and who you're trying to be. And so this series really takes a look at what is the purpose of the church? Why are we here today? We continue kind of looking at how the church is to function. And what's, what are the goals that the church has? And we'll return to Ephesians 4, this great chapter on uh, really how the church is to be organized and how it is to function. And we ask a very important question today. And that is this. What is the role of the pastor in the church? So let's pray and then we'll read the scripture and we'll jump in. God, I pray that today as we take a look at this very important topic, I pray that you would open up our minds to think maybe in a different way, to hear your truth, to hear your voice. Um, Lord, help us to understand what it is that you have for the church, and especially what it is that the pastor of a church, the leader of a church is really supposed to do. So speak to us now, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. I'll return to chapter 4 that I read a couple weeks ago, uh, verses 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So here's the question today. What exactly does a pastor do or is supposed to do? Another way of asking that is, how do you know when a pastor is effective? You know, in most professions, there is usually some sort of bottom line that people apply to that profession to see if that person is effective, usually one or two things that the professional must do in order to receive high marks. There seems to be a, a bottom line that is very easy to define and determine whether a person is doing her or his job effectively. For example, I was on a plane last week, and I thought about the pilot. What is the bottom line for a pilot. I mean, pretty easy to figure out, right? I mean, we might enjoy the jokes that a pilot says at the beginning of the flight, or maybe the pilot gives kind of a a tour and points out landmarks along the way, but we don't really care about that very much, do we? What we care about is whether we arrive at our destination safely, whether that pilot can land that plane and we get off the plane safe. There's a very clear line, bottom line for a pilot, and that's whether he flies the plane well. Let's look at some other professions. How about a surgeon? This is pretty easy, right? I mean, we kind of like bedside manners, but let's be honest. What do we really look for in a surgeon? When I had back surgery a number of years ago, I wanted a surgeon who knew what she was doing. When my doctor told me that uh, he had done a few thousand of the surgeries that I was facing, I, he gained my confidence. When he informed me that the success rate for this particular surgery nationwide was 95%, but his success rate was 98%, I was pretty sure that I wanted him as my surgeon. And when he told me that he had been performing these types of surgery operations for some 25 years and had never lost a patient, well, I knew that I had found my man. <laughs> Pilots and surgeons, it's pretty easy. The criteria are pretty clear. As, as for other uh professions as well. A car mechanic, what do you want? You want somebody that can fix your car. A salesperson, are they good at closing the deal? Trial lawyer, do they win more cases than they lose? So for most professions, pretty clear. There's a bottom line. But think for a moment how you judge the performance of a pastor. What criteria do you use to evaluate the job that the pastor is doing? Is there a bottom line for a pastor? Well, some of you may say, oh, yeah, that's easy. A pastor, the bottom line is, does that pastor preach great sermons? Sermons that touch the heart and the mind, that inspire people to go out and live the Christian life in their daily lives, to live the Christian life with vigor and commitment. Obviously, sermons are the most important task that a pastor has. Now, some of you may disagree. For you, a fine sermon, it's it's important, but really what you want in a pastor is you want someone Who is loving and kind. And who knows you. A shepherd. A shepherd who knows you and your name and your your spouse's name and your children's name. And if they are really good, may know your dog's name. (laughs) You want a pastor who cares about you. Who is there when you're about to go into the surgeon's room to have surgery. So pastoral care. Knowing your people, good people skills, that's the most important thing, right? Right? Now, maybe you have been in a church previously that, that seemed kind of chaotic and unorganized, that it, it didn't have any direction, and things seemed kind of chaotic. And the pastor, well, they were a great pastor, great pastoral skills, but just not very organized, And boy, you look back on that church experience, you never want to go through an experience like that again. So for you, maybe the most important role of a pastor is administrative leadership. For others of you, it may not be administrative leadership, but you want a visionary leader, someone who can move the church toward a vision and help it to grow and to grow the budget. See what I mean? The role of the pastor, kind of the bottom line for a pastor, it gets a little tricky, doesn't it? And the criteria for evaluating a pastor are a little, more, a little different than most professions. It, it gets a little fuzzy. And because the criteria are not clearly established, there's a tendency for everybody, everybody to have their own unique set of expectations for a pastor. Either that or they expect that the pastor to be gifted in all things. You know, I often read uh, church leadership magazines and uh, magazines from denominations. And oftentimes in the back of those types of magazines, there are listings of churches who are looking for a pastor. So churches who are looking, like we will be soon... Sent in a short description of their ideal candidate, and I chuckled at one that I read once. The church listed all the things that they desired in a pastor: great communicator, strong leader, effective teacher, able administrator, uh, someone who possessed excellent people skills. They desired someone with some experience in strategic uh, planning who could move the church forward. And they wanted the pastor to have a good sense of humor and the ability to relate to people of all ages, and this is the truth, but especially young people and senior citizens. The list just was quite extensive, and it went on, and the description finally ended with this line almost as though the writer who was writing this description realized that there was no human being on the face of the earth that could possess all these desired qualities. And this is what they wrote. The ability to walk on water would also be helpful. I'm sure by now you realize the point I'm trying to make. A pastor can't have all the gifts. A pastor can't be all things to all people since most pastors are finite beings who can't walk on water either the church needs to alter its view of the role of pastors or we will continue to have burned out pastors and disappointed parishioners there's got to be a better way that better way is to return to what scripture has to say about the purpose of the pastor the role of the pastor in the church You see, I think part of the problem the church has had over these past years and why it's struggling is because it has strayed from what God intended the church to be. And part of that is what people expect pastors to be. Did you see the function of pastor in the verses I just read from Ephesians? According to these verses, the primary role of the pastor is what? It's to equip all of God's people for ministry, for works of service. It is to empower others to grow and become all that God intended them to be. Did you catch that purpose in verses 11 and 12? Let me read it again. So Christ himself gave the apostles or gifted some to be apostles or prophets, evangelists. And then here it is the pastors and teachers to equip or prepare or train his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, the church, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Do you see the focus of the role of pastors in these verses? It is one of empowering leadership, of equipping all the members of the body of Christ for works of service or for ministry. It's servant leadership. And believe it or not, this is not a role the church usually gives to a pastor or values in a pastor. In fact, if a pastor makes this the focus of her ministry, she is often going against the grain and will encounter some resistance. It's a position of setting people free, of building up others to do the work of ministry, in the church. And that's too bad that people don't see this and value this role because according to an article I read recently, pastors who focus on this type of leadership, on empowering others, are more effective in their role than those who don't. Yeah, now, now listen to what this article says. It's entitled One Key the bottom line, to pastoral effectiveness. Here it says, Hope for discouraged or overburdened pastors emerges from the results of three years of research with 461 pastors. We found that pastors who focus their ministry on empowering others are more effective than other pastors in almost every aspect of ministry. Elders or leaders in the church gave higher ratings to these pastors in preaching, leading worship, teaching, counseling, calling, communication, resolving conflict, and in seven other leadership skills. To empower others is to establish a climate or create a culture in which people feel free to grow and learn, explore, and use their gifts in Christian ministry without fear of retribution or fear of control. It's setting people free. Pastoral energies focus on ways God is moving in the lives of parishioners. So in that way, it's very relational. And the pastor does know the people. And this integrating role enables pastors to make priority decisions among the overwhelming demands of their time. They channel their energies into actions that free people to receive God's power for living. Now this, the article continues, may all seem quite obvious, but we found that there are very specific ways in which to empower others. Helping people find meaning for living empowers them with a reason for living. Unconditional acceptance and empathetic listening frees people to take off their masks and relate to trusted others. Identifying, affirming, and channeling people's gifts encourages them to become more than ever, more than they ever dreamed they could be. Strong servant leadership awakens congregations to their potential. And pastors who empower others are therefore themselves continually empowered through proactive spiritual and professional growth you know i know from lots of reading about churches that this is the key for a pastor and for a church vital and growing churches that are making a difference in their communities have these type of leaders they're led by empowering leaders so why don't we, why don't more pastors see their primary role as one of empowering others? Well, I think it goes back to what I talked about a number of weeks ago. That we've lost sight of this doctrine of the priesthood of all believers. That great tenet of the Reformation that says all of God's people are gifted and all of God's people are called to ministry. I'll just repeat this. God has not just called pastors to be priests or to be ministers in the church. God has not just gifted the pastors. Instead, God has called and gifted together a whole community, a community which is forgiven and called to be forgiving, a community of people who are being healed and changed, transformed into the image of Christ, and called to be agents of healing and transformation in the lives of other people. A community of folks who are gifted, each one, by the Holy Spirit, in very unique ways and called into ministry. Do you see the fundamental difference here? It's a paradigm shift. It's not just one person or a particular group of people, but all of us. A whole community of people ministering to each other and ministering to the world totally makes sense. How could one person possess all the gifts that are needed in a church? Can't, but a community of people can. You know, I'd like to close again with just this image of the church as a team. Forgive me for using all these sports analogies, but I think this one really works. I said the church is like a team. It could be like a baseball team, and God is putting a bat in the hands of each person to go up to the plate, to use their gifts, to be a minister. And there are no bench warmers in this game. All are involved. We're all out there on the field playing together, including the pastor. And I see the pastor as kind of the the player coach. And as a player coach, the pastor is out there on the field just like everyone else. But the coach part of the pastor has a unique role of helping others discover and develop their possessions on the team. What this role really is, it's very relational. It's developing people and helping others to use the gifts that God has given them. I just want to close with this challenge as we move into the next chapter in the life of our church. This is crucial. and it's just not staff or pastors or just a few of the people in the church using their gifts, but they're all in the game. I want to ask you, are you ready to get in the game? Are you ready to step up to the plate? I want you to know you're gifted by God. You're called by God. And the church needs you. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this beautiful picture of the church, this community of faith that you have created to make a difference in the world. God, I pray that as we move into this next challenging and, and really pivotal chapter in the life of our church, I pray that each person in, in our church would know that you have gift, gifted them in a unique way, that you have uh, called them to use their gifts, whether it's in a formal setting or informal setting, but that you have called each one of us to be a person that builds bridges between people and God. That you've called each one of us to look to others and to help them grow into all that you intended them to be. Lord, we ask that your grace Through your grace, we would be able to move forward as a church and be all that you've created us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.